Well, hello out there in podcast land, and welcome back to Guilty Pleasures, the show where we celebrate the movies we love despite what critics, public opinion, or even our own God-given sense might tell us. I am your host, Lou Hare, and if you're listening to this on the Beyond the Mouse feed, this is not an error. We didn't just accidentally shove one of my shows into your feed. Uh, this is a special crossover episode we're uh, airing this on the guilty pleasures feed on the beyond the mouse feed and on the front row network proper feed uh, because i have with me tonight to talk about this movie all three of our beyond the mouse hosts please welcome in craig vanessa and brett how's it going everyone so good great i'm happy to be here <laughs> well, I am happy to have all three of you here. Uh, I know, Craig, I think I had you on the very first Guilty Pleasure, but I know I haven't had uh, Vanessa or Brett yet, so I'm excited to have you here uh, to talk about uh, a movie that just checks a lot of boxes right now at this time of year. Uh, we're, this is part of our Monster Cast series, so we picked a Halloween-themed movie. We had the Disney's Jungle Cruise trailer dropped last week. So this is another movie based on a Disney ride. And later this week on Netflix, we see the release of Dolomite Is My Name, which is a comeback vehicle for its star, Eddie Murphy. He's getting rave reviews. He's getting some Oscar buzz. So why not do a Halloween movie based on a Disney ride starring Eddie Murphy? We're just right in the sweet spot here. So tonight we are going to talk about 2003's The Haunted Mansion. I, uh, yeah, I got some thoughts here. <laughs> this is a, this was, a, this was a very interesting movie to cover. Um, to give you a quick plot summary, a realtor and his wife and children are summoned to a mansion, which they soon discover is haunted. And while they attempt to escape, he learns an important lesson about the family he has neglected. So yes, it is of course based off the Disney ride the theme park attraction that we all know and love and uh i i know the three of you uh know very very well it star this movie stars eddie murphy marcia thomason jennifer tilly terrence stamp and wallace sean so uh before we get into why we're talking about this on guilty pleasures uh i want to maybe uh ask the three of you had how familiar were this were you uh about this movie had you seen this movie before um we we did this on this podcast. What's your history with the uh, with the haunted mansion, Craig? Let's start with you. Sure. So um, I wasn't nearly as big of a Disney file uh, when this movie came out. I was still in high school, and I just wasn't like as into the parks. I had gone there fairly recently, um, but really it wasn't until much later, probably about ten years later from this, where I became just a, a Disney addict and. Um, decided that I was going to relive my childhood every day through Disney. So um, I did watch this when it first came out because I was intrigued by it. Uh, this came out fairly close to Pirates of the Caribbean. That had gone over pretty well. I enjoyed it. Uh, but then I kind of put it on a shelf because I didn't particularly care for this movie, and we'll get into why. Uh, and I didn't re-look at it. I didn't watch it again until just about a couple of years ago because at that point I thought I'd have a new appreciation for it being so into Disney and being super um, into the parks in particular. And I watched it and I was just as disappointed in it. And so then <laughs> I watched it again uh, just a couple, about a week ago or so in preparation for this podcast. And it has not changed for me. Still disappointed <laughs> uh, in this movie. All right. Uh, Vanessa, how about you? 
Yeah, so I remember when um, they were publicizing the movie, and I remember uh, me and my dad being really hyped for it. And then uh, I remember seeing it in the theaters, but I couldn't really tell you anything else about it because it isn't really that memorable of a movie. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I recalled seeing it, um, but until we uh, reviewed it recently, um, I wouldn't have been able to tell you the plot other than Eddie Murphy started it. So, All right. And Brett, how about you? Well, okay. So being a Disney fan, I was, of course, really excited to see this, especially after Pirates of the Caribbean, because that was so good. And and I'm not going. It's it's the haunted mansion. It's wonderful material. So so I uh, I was very anxious to see it. And uh, then uh, in 2003, uh, I saw it. And uh, well, um, I was uh, less enthusiastic uh, about what they did with it than I had hoped. So <laughs> um, so then you know, in preparation for this, I watched it again and. Since the title of this is Guilty Pleasures, I must say uh, I felt guilty <laughs> because it gave me pleasure. So I'm like, like, I enjoyed it. I very much, you know, this time of year and everything, I'm just kind of like going, it's not everything I wanted it to be, but revisiting it for Guilty Pleasures, I enjoyed Okay, good. Well, uh, good. So we've got a nice little base of history here. I hadn't seen this movie at all until we decided we were going to do it for this podcast. Um, I was, I had heard about it, but, uh, at the time I had never been, um, to Disney World, so I didn't have any real pull to see a movie based off an attraction. Uh, I didn't even see the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie until, you know, probably it was on DVD. Uh, but yeah, this comes out the same year as Pirates of the Caribbean. So Pirates comes out in the summer and it's a big hit. It surprises everybody with how good it is and how popular it is. Uh, and so you kind of think, oh, maybe they're onto something here. This comes out in November. Uh, does not do very well. Uh, it, the response is not nearly as glowing as the Pirates movie is. Uh, it ends, this movie ends up making $75 million off of a $90 million budget. So it's a rare loss for Disney, at least domestically. Now they'll, uh, end up making $182 million worldwide. So they'll, you know, they still, uh, you know, get, get a profit back. But, you know, in a, in an era now where it doesn't seem like Disney misses at all, uh, domestically at least, you know, this was, you know, this, this kind of took me back. Um, the interesting thing about it is, um, it's also, it, it's directed by uh, a real um, popular name in, in Disney, especially at that time. It's directed by Rob Minkoff. Now, he gets his start doing uh, the short Roger Rabbit short films that would be in front of some of the Disney 80s movies. But he ends up making his name uh, as the director of a, of a much more popular uh, movie. Uh, can any, any of you tell me what that is? Yes, there you go. It is. Yeah, he he directs The Lion King, which is, you know, one of, if not the most acclaimed and beloved Disney titles of all time. So, yeah, he earns a lot of capital. And uh, this is a, a live action debut for him. And it does not not go great. Um but, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, it ends up with a Rotten Tomato score of 13% with a 30% audience score and an IMDb score of five. So you know, that's a little funny, though, um, because 
at the Haunted Mansion attraction, it never goes to a 10-minute wait time. It always goes to a 13-minute wait time. <laughs> so, uh, so maybe Rotten Tomatoes, they just wanted – maybe they were shooting for that number. We, we have seen this all wrong. It was actually before this was – this movie was released, and it was ahead of its time. They said, you know what? In about 10 or 15 years, there's going to be this site where a bunch of critics are going to be able to rate retroactively rate our movie – and I, uh, we really want to shoot for a 13 on that rating. And so that's, that's how visionary the production team of the Haunted Mansion really was. Mm. I, I, oh, Craig, I, so crazy. I, I like how even in the face of an admittedly <laughs> bad Disney movie, you still find a way to call them geniuses. Hey, wait a minute. Being a, being a Pollyanna is my gig. Oops, I snorted. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. No, snort away. It, uh, well, you know, it, actually, you know, we were talking about how the success of The Lion King that that Rob Minkoff directed. It's my understanding that then uh, when Jeffrey Katzenberg was at the studios, that he, he had his own special brand of magic um, as far as uh, animated film goes. And he, I guess he was the producer, one of them anyway. And so I'm thinking maybe... He had more of a hand in the success of The Lion King than perhaps we thought. Yeah, I, and I think was... it's Don. Is it Don Hahn who Han, is also yeah. the producer on Lion King and also on this film, The Haunted Mansion? So you know, and Beauty and the Beast. So I'm like going. So where was Jeffrey? Was Jeffrey gone by then? Probably. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, well, Disney history. <laughs> well, and and you know, to, if if we're comparing the two, I mean, one's an animated film and one's a live action, so there is some. I will also say, uh, one uses Hamlet as its inspiration text, and the other one uses an eight-minute theme park attraction. So they might have just had a little bit more to, <laughs> or a little bit more to work with. You um, know, okay. I, I take a little bit of uh, <laughs> issue with that, though, Lou, because. This is where this is where my frustration with the movie begins. Um, I I'll tell you, I really enjoyed the opening credits of this movie, uh, and then it, it went off the rails faster than the Disney Skyliner at Walt Disney World. Oh, uh, it, come uh, on. It, that's back in know, operation now. It is back in operation. I still don't know if I'm writing it the next time I go down there. Uh, but they are back. <laughs> when are you going down there? Are you ever? Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, that's true. I don't know if I'm ever sorry. going back. Burn. Sorry. But you know, oh, that's usually that's your gig. I'm sorry, I'm generally the neutral. I'm I'm generally Switzerland. No, take it away, Brad. I love it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but back to this wonderful film we're talking about. Uh, no, if you think about the lore of the haunted mansion, there are so many. I mean, there are 999 happy haunts, and we have uh, so much vision that went into creating and crafting individual storylines for those different. Uh, mere mortals that became immortal in this haunted mansion and they they do an okay job on some of the characters but they could have focused so much more on that just by itself so i i think i take a little issue i mean obviously hamlet is hamlet so that you know (laughs) it's not not you're talking about sorry the same uh plane as that but they definitely had some more source material than they decided to draw upon when they wrote the script. No, you're, you're absolutely right because they, they do, you know, yeah, the, the notion, I mean, it's a haunted, it's a movie about a haunted house. Essentially. There's a lots of different ways you can go. Um, there's a lots of different ways you can pick, uh, especially to start the movie. Here's one I didn't expect. 
I did not expect that we would spend about the first 20 minutes of this movie learning about uh, Eddie Murphy's real estate acumen. Because uh, that's, you know, you, you mentioned the credits are really good. And then we get introduced. And, and that's maybe one of the biggest things that I have with this movie is they work so hard to try to explain why these people go to the house. And we're like, it's called the Haunted Mansion. We know they're going to show up at the house. You don't have to give us. This is, this is a case where too much backstory is, you know, unnecessary because it's an 88 minute movie and you spend like your first quarter of it showing Eddie Murphy as a, you know, real estate agent who's also a, a bad dad um, before we finally get to the thing that we want. Exactly. You know, I, it, to me, the, the realtor part of this movie is where it, starts to automatically go off the rails right off of the bat because there's no reason to have this weird side story when you could just focus solely on the mansion itself. And, you know, and maybe part of that is because they nab a big star like Eddie Murphy. Now I did do some IMDB trivia research, so uh, they don't necessarily cite their sources, but they did say that um, this script actually started to be developed right after the time of Beetlejuice and Ghostbusters really doing very well. And so they decided, hey, we have this haunted mansion property. We could put this into a film and maybe it can make some money. Now, obviously, it didn't get made in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, but at that time, they actually were saying they would only do it if one of the Ghostbusters come up, came along with it. Uh, and I think they also added Rick Moranis as well. So they said any of the Ghostbusters plus Rick Moranis. Now, I understand maybe a bit better about this script, thinking about it from a uh, late 80s, early 90s perspective, because to me, if it, it reads a little bit better as an 80s movie, what do you think about that, Lou? I, no, I would agree with that, although I question whether or not they would have taken Ernie Hudson um, if they could have gotten him. Although he was I, on the list. <laughs> but yeah, no, you, I think you're right, because there are this to me did feel kind of like an 80s family movie because 80s family movies like were a little edgier and this movie i don't know i don't want to say that this movie is edgy but my biggest thing with this movie is it's not like cartoonish enough to be like for small kids and it's not like scary enough to be for big you know for older kids it's like kind of like towing it's like in this weird middle ground and that to, and like what you said craig kind of reminds me is if you go back and watch like we i did little monsters for this podcast which you can find in our archives that movie is dark for a kid's movie they like there is some things in there that you couldn't do today and like because they're trying to be a little scarier edgier and i think Maybe that's where this movie may, might have worked better in the 80s um, with that. Because, yeah, and then there's, like, weird things like the 10-year-olds getting caught with the swimsuit magazine and, like, just, like, just, just some weird stuff going on that, yeah, I, I think I think you're right, Craig. I think if they, if they had – this maybe would have been better. Um, it would have been cheesier because uh, the effects wouldn't have been as good, but maybe they would have felt a little bit more um, free with the, with what they could have done. So what are some other um, takeaways or, or initial reactions on this new, on this new viewing uh, as you watched it, uh, Vanessa? What, let's start with you. Um, well, the main thing is, um, you know, all those, uh, the, the only thing that really brings uh, life to the movie to me, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> um, is that um, every now and then Eddie Murphy's delivery 
Um, and it's not often enough in the film, but every now and then he does have a clever delivery. Um, and that, and it's funny, um, but I just, it's just that the dialogue is just so, um, I don't know, just kind of lays flat for me, the script writing. I just, you know, it's such a shame because the uh, special effects for that time um, were really good. And the the detail put into the costuming, like even had um, like a a special paint that they hand painted each of the the ghost costumes so that it would reflect light. Um, And so it's just kind of a shame that everything else was really well detailed and done well. Even the, the set, it looks like a replica of um, Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. Um, it's just a shame that the, the writing fell so flat on this one. Yeah, how yeah, about you, seems Brett? to be the big problem. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. You know, to have such an amazing property, haha, because it's, you know, a building. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're here for puns a, all night. <laughs> <laughs> Rapunzel. No, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, the, I think that's, you, I, I think you all are correct in and again, this is about story. And that's so strange because these people come from, imag- well, someone at Disney is from Imagineering where story is number one. Mm-hmm. I don't, and, and that was the problem. The script is questionable. I was going to say abysmal, but I was trying to stay, stay positive. So, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. <laughs> But but again, the special effects, the the things that we see, you know, like I mean, we get the cinematic version of the graveyard and uh, you know the party with the ball dance, you know, with the the dancers and everything, and all of that is is so well done. Especially you know in in two thousand two, it was state of the art. So why the question is why didn't they work harder on the script? <laughs> I don't know what is the deal. Plus, also, plus, plus Eddie Murphy's dialogue, since some of it, you know, seems like, I guess, Eddie, uh, you know, Eddie Murphyisms. you know, that mm-hmm. does he write his own or do they, you know, so. It's, I'm, sh- I'm sure they give him leeway to, to riff a little bit or improvise, which I wish they would have done more of. Um, cause some of Eddie's best comedies are movies where it's just, you know, clearly he's in a room, he's doing, he's like, he's taking over the scene and everyone's just kind of reacting. And I, I think this movie could have used more of that, more of that for me at least. But, yeah. Well, yes. Since it was more about him than anyone else. Oh, are we going to talk about um, some of our other actors that are in it and all of that sort of sure, thing? Sure. Sure. Okay. Who, who, let's, let's do okay. that. Well, I, I love Jennifer Tilly. I think she, you know, she's just kind of fresh in this and she, and she does her thing, which is, you know, kind of ironic humor and all this. And I I just, I really just loved her in this, especially the set. Well, I liked her the first time around, but even the second time around. So, so anyway, shout out to Jennifer Tilly. (laughs) Yeah, no, she's, yeah, she's very good. And she's like, she's got really the, her, um, line delivery and her overall, like, uh, you know, the, her voice, the Jennifer Tilly voice that we all know, um, works really well in this context. I think, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I think it's cast really well too. And I think, uh, you know, Wallace Shawn's great. Um, you know, he's, he seems to be having maybe the most fun of anybody in the movie. I I'd say, um, Terrence Stamp is, 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 has a very 
odd character, but I think he's he's committing. Let's Go, talk to, yes. about Terrence Stamp because, okay. and again, I I'm with you, Lou. I'm not placing this blame on his portrayal of Ramsley, which, by the way, I, I can't stand that there's an L in there. Like, why can you not just be Ramsey or Rami? I don't know. Why does there have to be an L? Anyway, Ramsey. Whoa! Now that's so, some detail. Ramsley is everywhere <laughs> are turning off right now. Yeah, sorry to all the Ramsleys out there, uh, but. Truly, I think that this is where the the movie lost it for me entirely was because Terrence Stamp really should be playing the role of the ghost host, right? Because he's the butler of the manor. Um, but then it, it, it becomes this weird convoluted story where he's actually – spoilers. Uh, obviously, you've seen this if you're listening. <laughs> or maybe you haven't seen it. Maybe we're saving you time. Uh, he becomes the – the evil villain that ends up getting dragged to hell at the end. I mean, it was. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're going to As one does. Yeah. As, as one does. It's just um, a PSA not to be an evil villain. Cause you will get dragged. But I, I think that that's. <laughs> he, <laughs> he is the uh, one character where I, I just, I can't really. I don't understand where that motivation comes from. It, it kind of comes out of nowhere. And also, um, I think that it really deviates from what they're trying to do about the Haunted Mansion and the lore of the Haunted Mansion from the parks because they could have had such a really cool butler ghost host type character and instead they got Terrence Stamp. Uh, and, you well, know, guess- again, it's not necessarily his fault, but... Uh, right. Well, it was, it was almost, him. it was almost Sir Anthony Hopkins. I guess he was offered, but declined. Yeah. Well, well good for him. Pick him. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yes. Okay. Depriving the world of the Anthony Hopkins, Eddie Murphy team up. We were all asking for. <laughs> hey, side note. I saw Silence of the Lambs as listed as a um, Halloween movie. Is that at all a Halloween movie? I, it it toes that. I mean, I think people consider it a horror movie. So if any, I can horror, understand that. But if it, any, but is any horror movie a Halloween movie? I guess if you find it spooky. Okay, I just I it was or on like a list of like you know, or, you know, it was on a list of like the the ten greatest Halloween movies, and I thought it just seemed out of place. I anyway. I, I will defer to I our like this conversation. Yeah, back, yes, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna I'll defer, I'll defer to Jeremy and Sarah on MonsterCast for for them to. Uh, I almost just spit taked because of Brett, <laughs> but Brett, you're the one that brought him up, so it's your fault. I know sir. because we were talking about this film, not not let's, Halloween. Let's just continue. Films. Let's continue to talk oh about. Oh my better gosh, Halloween you're my new turkey leg. <laughs> you're my new turkey leg. I'm getting that put on a shirt. I, mean, I won't even, and then I won't. I won't even ask the question if this movie's cinema or not. That's a whole. That'll get us on a whole different tangent, but. Anyway, back to the movie. We're um yeah, okay, I'm glad you brought up the let's let's get to the the moment for me that this movie uh, I think if you don't do anything, uh if you don't watch this movie, the at least get to like the last 15 10 to 15 minutes because that's the part where I was like, "Oh, they just went buck wild." Because they this that's where this like fun like Disney property turns into like literal hell um, because this, the, the convo. So, you know, to 
give you a summation of the convoluted plot. The reason Eddie Murphy uh, and his family are at the Haunted Mansion is because Eddie Murphy's wife, played by Marsha Thomason, looks like the girl that it looks like the uh, one of the former inhabitants of the house whose untimely death caused the house to be haunted. Am I, I'm remembering that correctly, right? Yes. It was Elizabeth and it was, it was master Gracie Nathaniel Parker's beloved, but she, it, it was in the South in a time, shall we say when that was not approved of mm-hmm. mainly by, well, by Ramsey. I'm going to say Ramsey. Do we know for sure that's why? (laughs) I mean, she could could have been like a spitter when she talked. We don't know for sure, (laughs) right? They don't cover that. She could have been like one of those really close talkers. Spitter talker. There could be be so many reasons why an interracial couple was being uh, looked down, like not being allowed to marry in uh the 1800s in louisiana in, in, in 1860 louisiana i mean who 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 could tell we were it we, was we, the spitting <laughs> vanessa of course it was the spitting <laughs> right right it also explains <laughs> why a lot of the ghosts are very rude to eddie murphy throughout this movie yeah oops oh gosh oh now 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 it's really sad i'm going <laughs> oh okay yeah okay so they Terrence Stamp wants to have um, uh, Nathaniel Parker's character marry Marsha Thomason's character because she she looks like Elizabeth, so he convinces Nathaniel Parker that she is Elizabeth, which makes me think: are like are ghosts like are ghosts dumb? Because <laughs> they. They've been in this, like, trapped in this mansion for, like, 200 years, and all of a sudden she's just going to randomly show up. And, or, that that was the other part. And so, they try to do this marriage. The marriage, uh, Eddie, Eddie Murphy bursts in, saves the day, and then eventually, uh, once uh, Terrence Stamps uh, outed as the bad guy, there's a moment where uh, the gates of, the, the pits of hell open up, and Terrence Stamps' character is drugged to hell. Which conveniently I, located in the in the mansion's fireplace. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's fine. It's, <laughs> that's that's better though than any other place in the house because it's less of a fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the and you and you don't even have to clean up the ash. It's already there. Right. It's, it's, right. <laughs> They're doing Aww. the ghost maid a favor with that one for sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the that's the part where I, I I mentioned earlier that I couldn't tell who this movie was for because I couldn't imagine like that to me if I saw that as like a six year six or seven year old that would just scare the crap out of me. Uh, so that's the part where I'm like okay this really maybe isn't for smaller kids but then like none of the humor in the earlier parts like says oh this is something you'd bring like you know. My daughter's probably too old for this at this point. She's at nine. She's like probably not going to find this that none, a lot of this not that funny. So, but that end is just so. And then, oh, okay. Let's 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 we'll we'll get to my favorite part in a minute. But any other parts on? the Aha! Um, he has a favorite well, part. Ha 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 ha. Okay. I would say uh, I would say what's interesting is that the the shot that they gave of uh terrence falling into hell it was like you were going into hell with him yeah um, because it was a follow shot and it's just 
it was odd because usually when someone falls into a pit of some sort, you see them fall away, but this followed him down. So it was like for a minute there, you're kind of like, Oh, is this where the movie's going? Like, is this a, a Mr. Toad's wild ride kind of a situation here? Are, <laughs> no. we, are we going into it's amazing that you know that reference, hell? Craig? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Here we go. I watch, yes. I watch a lot of blogs, Vanessa. Um, oh, that's good. I'm glad they had those Okay. For you. Well, for those that are, those do not, understand this banter that we have um let's see craig has not yet visited disneyland and that is where mr toad's wild ride resides vanessa is that are are those diamond platinum uh earbuds that you have on is that what that is i'm just a really good budgeter and i could do a whole (laughs) podcast on how to go without spending that much money but in all fairness uh craig did you go to disney world when they had mr toad's wild ride because yeah, I remember kid, having I, it as a kid. Yeah, so so actually, you you do. Maybe I, I, that would have, <laughs> have the ending. Uh, I no, it was a change. It was a little bit different uh, of an ending, though, um, because I don't oh, believe okay. you actually went to hell. The only ride I vividly remember from that trip uh, was Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. I vividly Aww. remember being in the Nautilus, but that is way off topic. Sorry, Lou. No, that's oh, that fine. was Disney. We're not just talking about random Halloween things. I mean, Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> at least, yeah, at least that was on brand. <laughs> so, uh, but no, yeah, you're, that's, you, I'm glad you brought up the, the, the camera use of it too. Yeah, because it does make you feel like you're going to hell. Like, we're all going to hell with Terrence Stamp. And that, like, that takes us again, this movie, this, what this lighthearted ghost movie into like a very dark ending. Yeah. And well, if you stayed this long, you're probably there. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another thing that doesn't really work great about that scene is we don't really understand why, uh, master Gracie is suddenly able to take his hand, like throughout the whole movie. Uh, he, he won't even, he doesn't even really take, um, Sarah's hand. He gives her his arm and I'm assuming it's because he's translucent and can't grasp things, but then suddenly he's able to give a hand to Eddie Murphy, which seemed, it just seemed odd, you know, to have that finally happen at that moment. Well, they got their ectoplasm together, so, you know, get <laughs> your ectoplasm good. together, man. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and okay, that gets to... That gets to the part. I, I I guess the enjoy is a weird would have been a, is a weird way to have phrased it. But the 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 biggest like the jaw dropping moment for the for me of this movie is so at the end uh, once uh, Terrence Stamp is uh, you know drugged to hell, um, they uh, Marsha <laughs> Thomason who is still like she her body gets inhabited by the spirit of Elizabeth. Well, I guess um, well she was she in, in order for her to marry mm-hmm. Master Gracie, they had to kill her off. So um so um Ramsley gives her poison, which is interesting because the real Elizabeth he give he gave her poison too. So that's so there must be lots of poison there. So anyway, I wouldn't take a beverage. Okay, so um so they so she's dead. Well, so you know, so she drank the poison in order to save her children and all of that part of the story. So anyway, yeah, so she... Uh, and she floats in the air and becomes very Jesus-like. 
Yes. But, which which well, is strange. She's then, being well, Elizabeth, who has been this this orb of light throughout, goes into uh Sarah's body, maybe to take care of the poison, to suck out the poison, and uh and then she inhabits her during that short amount of time while she's taking care of the poison. And then she floats and then what happens? Is this your favorite part? Yes. So then she gets a moment with Master Master Grayson. Is that what? Gracie. Right? Yes. Gracie. Excuse me. His yes. character was a big old nothing burger for me. I couldn't tell you. I could not. <laughs> like I got nothing for that character. So I could like I I've forgotten his name right even as I've just said it. But anyway, so <laughs> they they he gets to kiss Elizabeth. Uh, they get one last kiss. The weird part about that is, is that it's in the body of Eddie Murphy's wife and the kiss is happening not only in front of Eddie Murphy, but in front of their kids. So after, first of all, like these kids, these kids are going to be in therapy for the rest of their lives. They've been through a haunted mansion. They have seen the gates. They've seen the pits of hell open up. And now they're watching their mom make out with a 200 year old ghost. It has been a day for those. That two. has been a day. It was just supposed to be twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah, supposed to be on the beach. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> that's it, the weirdest part to me is that that is and that every and everyone's just kind of like, are we are we cool with this? Is this is, should should we be? Well, we, is they know weird? that it's at the end of the film and they're just trying to move the story along and get <laughs> Elizabeth and Master Gracie back together. <clears throat> sure. Sarah, she also has had a day. Her husband <laughs> he gave her a watch. She had to give him back the watch. I mean, if someone, you know, just comes along thinking he's, you know, going to kiss his dead wife, but really is kissing her. I mean, whatever. Give her a moment. Let her have that. She's earned it. <laughs> She's earned it. Hey. So there, Mr. <laughs> Evers, isn't it? Whatever. Yes, yeah. Yes, Evers. Oh my gosh, I got yeah. that right. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and I, I that Evers one and I, Evers real estate. Exactly. Yes. That's how I know it because he says Evers Evers from Evers and Evers real estate. Like if you did a drinking game to that, you would be done <laughs> before they got to the mansion. Forever. Like I like he says it so many times that like. Why is it that important that we know his name and his real estate? Because, by the way, the real estate, his skills, none of that, that is dropped the second they walk into the house. So all of that time we spent learning about his, like, career as a real estate meant nothing. Like, all we needed to know was he's a real estate agent. So is so is his wife. They get called to a house. That's it. Like you could have sewed that up in like eight, like five, five to ten minutes max. <laughs> you know, okay. hey, honestly though, Lou, <gasps> from start of start of film to them at the mansion door is only fifteen minutes. Are you the kidding problem, me? The problem is that it seems like it's an hour and a half long, and so <laughs> it it's something about the way the script's written. Um, it's just not great, Lou. Uh, it's not really great. <laughs> Back to the and, script. No, it's not. It's no, and that's the thing is this is an 88 minute movie and it is a 
long 88 minutes this is and that's and 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 it's a padded 88 minutes too because that opening credit sequence that you mentioned earlier craig that's like a good like two three minutes and then you've got like three four minutes of credits that like on the end like this movie's like like barely 83 minutes the lion king is longer than this movie it's not great lou this podcast is longer than that movie. Sorry, just kidding. <laughs> no, no. Oh, hey. Oh, I would like to think we oh, are a movie. You're going to get tagged, Brett. You're yeah. going to get tagged. No, no, I'm going to float. I'm going to float at the end. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, please. I well, I'm I'm laughed more <laughs> during this podcast during than I did during the movie. I can say that at least. Um, but I, because okay, we so, have a great script. oh sorry yeah we do and this has all been written out like all these asides (laughs) and cross banter it's like a page right it's like right uh it's like a david mamet play we're just all like intercutting with each other except we don't have the f-bombs but so what (laughs) yes That's exactly what Sorry, we're missing. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just okay. kidding. So yeah. So that I'm I'm glad that we 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 got to that that whole sequence because that was like that was the scene I had the most notes on because you got ghost mom. She's like floating like Jesus for a minute. Then she's making out with 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 another dude in front of her kids. It's it's like the whole move. That whole like that whole section of me almost paid off. Like a very slow moving like half hour because that's the other thing too like the you mentioned craig that it's like 15 minutes till they get to the mansion but then they're in the mansion for like another 20 minutes i think before they even like Mm -hmm. before it's haunted like Mm -hmm. they forgot the haunted part in the haunted mansion and so there's only like a half hour of actual ghost stuff going on maybe they thought that um if they if they didn't give you an interesting movie up until towards the end, then they'd be following the rule that they would always be closing. Right, Lou? Uh, so <laughs> there you go. Sorry. I had to get my mammoth reference in there. Uh, but I, I do want to, I do want to say that there were a couple of the different uh, ghouls that were um, little nice touches here and there. But what I, what I didn't like was that the director, the writers, whoever, decided that they didn't want to overly use some of the ghosts. And I think that that uh, is also where this movie goes a bit awry because we go into the Haunted Mansion wanting to see the Haunted Mansion characters that we've seen a hundred times while riding this ride. And mm-hmm. and so they did do some cool little things. They brought in the Dapper Dans to seeing Grim Grinning Ghost, and you get to hear that. Um, but they didn't really... You know, Madame Leota, she's got some good moments. There's some cool stuff going on there. But beyond that, there's not a lot of character development of these other tertiary uh, characters that we don't know a whole lot about. And they could have given us so much more story on should they have chosen to go that way. Um, And that's what's upsetting is that they didn't spend enough time. We love the mansion. And now, granted, the Disney fan community definitely since the advent of social media uh, has really exploded and we've gotten we request more i mean disney plus is going to have a whole show on imagineering and on the attractions two separate series actually yes yeah series exactly and so we are nerding out about it a bit more uh these days so maybe if they were to make the haunted mansion today they would put some of that lore and some of that love into the movie but but i don't know maybe not Ooh, disney plus plug for just a moment here 
if you, uh, yes, as much as you, as we enjoyed this film, those that are listening, if you haven't had a chance to see it, you can watch it on Disney Plus. Yes, I checked. It's going to be on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. <laughs> Isn't that great? Along with along with everything ever made. And the country including, <laughs> including the gargoyles. And the gargoyles is all that matters to me right now. So <laughs> I haven't ever seen the goofy movie. I will see that. Okay. Enough of the Disney Plus plug. <laughs> Oops. And I've to never me, seen The Rocketeer either. Okay, Craig, let's just say it. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I've become the turkey leg now. Oh no. I don't think I appreciate using turkey leg in such a derogatory sense. Go ahead. Go ahead, Lou. Take it away. Yeah. No, to me, it feels, and I said this, we actually, this is the second Disney movie I've done in a row. Uh, We just did Man of the House, uh, which conspicuously is not going to be on Disney Plus. It was not listed on that thread. Uh, No one's missing anything by that. But what what it made me feel like is watching it is kind of what I felt here watching The Haunted Mansion in that this if it was if this movie was made today this would probably be like a disney plus original um and you could do more of that and probably make it a little bit more um fan servicey i guess is what you do cuz i could see i could totally see disney like hedging their bets when they made this movie they're like well we don't want it to have too many references to the haunted mansion because people who've never been to it may not get it but we need to have enough there so the people who know it like like i think that, like i could see how this got like overproduced or talked they talked themselves out of things or they're like well we really need to invest in the human characters and i'm like no one is going to see a movie called the haunted mansion for Eddie Murphy's to learn if Eddie Murphy's going to become a better dad. That's no one can, we're not here yeah, for that. That's you know, true. get us Oops. just, yeah, get us to the mansion, get with the haunting and, you know, and move it. And so I, I think there's, you know, um, I know Guillermo del, del Toro has talked about rebooting this um, and doing another version. And I, I, you know, if Disney plus is going to sink, uh, what they're reportedly sinking in on their, on their original projects, give, give Gilmer, he could, you know, he didn't need a billion dollars. Give him, you know, give him 75 million and he will make, he will make something really cool. I think, and it will be better. It will be better than this. Um, but speaking of the ride, the one thing that I did like about this movie is I did appreciate that they that a lot of the tracking shots that they would do in this movie did give you the sense of like the experience of going through the ride. And I thought those were nice touches. And it was like, if you could just do uh, a little bit, if they could have done a little bit more of that, I think you could have, there's, there was some more fun that they could have had. Um, so spend what more are, time in the in the in the graveyard than other places. So. Craig, I'm a little concerned you haven't said anything for a while. Did I completely destroy your world with my confessions? I'm sorry. No, I um honestly I uh I am a little shocked. Um the rocket the rocketeer I can understand, but oh, a goofy movie is truly just one of those pinnacles of cinema. Even Martin Scorsese, uh <laughs> Appreciate oh, no. movie. Oh, no. Uh, I think so, you might want to leave him out of that. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Francis Ford Coppola. That guy is kind of a jerk. But Martin Scorsese, um, even he likes He directed movie. Captain EO. He's he serviced the mouse. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry. I'm just going to no We're just you we're just, just going to have a nice silent pause <laughs> like, for a minute. You're all turkey legs. You're all turkey legs. Let that sink in. <laughs> no, I I honestly, uh, yes, Lou, I there's a long rumored script um by uh Guillermo del Toro that would be just so wonderful if it brought out and and who knows Disney Plus opens a huge avenue for these types of things. I mean, Anna Kendrick went off and filmed a holiday movie that none of us knew about. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of uh the costumes are for, cute. Uh yeah, it looks really it looks like a cute movie, but I I yeah. had no idea that that was coming. Um you know, so I I just think that there is potential there. And yes, you're right. They are reportedly um, spending $250 million on the Marvel properties uh, that are going to be divided into like 10 episodes. So they're spending $25 million an episode uh, for your Marvel show. So it's definitely they will have the resources because I think they're going to get the subscriber base. It would be great to see the Haunted Mansion again. And maybe what happens is that uh, there's a new series being put on by The Rock or doing he's the executive producer of it. And it's going to go into the attractions. And maybe that is um, where they can see the streaming numbers and they say, hey, Haunted Mansion is outpacing any other ride attraction uh, show. And we'll see how Jungle Cruise does as well. But I mean, yes, it sounds know, like, start- an odd, like it's a tie-in. Hmm, I wonder where he thought of that. Don't just go yeah, ahead. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I just think um, it definitely opens up a whole new world of possibilities for us. It does. A whole new it, world. See, that's a reference to. I just love it. I, I like how we have spent the most, the majority of this podcast talking about much better Disney movies. <laughs> I mean, all of this is all. You know, and this whole discussion is just. Well, you know, in the Rocketeer and in this and that, and we're just going to throw it. I know. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know about the Rocketeer. Anyway. <laughs> but no. Um, Okay, so what are some other scenes, any any scenes or moments that stood out to you that we haven't got to yet, uh, positively or negatively? Uh, uh, Vanessa, let's start with you. Well, there's a really nice sequence um, that pays tribute to the ride itself uh, when Eddie Murphy is coming out behind a, um, like a, a very large portrait. And he's going through the hallway, and then as like the lightning flashes, the portraits change, that's like the one of the first things you see when you're riding the ride um then it goes into the room with the where the door is kind of swelling and then he makes his way into madame leota's uh it, like room so that's really cool and coupling that with like um the wallpaper is the same um other details like that the instruments it's just really nice to see those things that you see in the ride because that's that's what we all love right we love the ride and I love um, Haunted Mansions is one of those rides that uh, you really have to think about what it was that you just saw because there's all these different spaces and different stories they tell you throughout the ride. That it's really cool when you see this movie, and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, I, I know that. I know that part of the ride. So that was really exciting for me as the Disney fan. Is there in the original Haunted Mansion ride, is there an image of someone hanging yeah, uh-huh. that's, that's in the stretching room um, when he says, there's always my way, and then there's, it goes to go. flat. Ah! And, okay. Yeah, and then Kids you look are. up, and okay. then there's someone swinging. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I've been through the ride once, so I couldn't remember, but I was like, I, the, the, the image of it in the movie was unsettling. I was like, this is, I mean, again, 
I get we're talking about a haunted mansion and death and stuff, but it still, you know, seems just seems dark in a in a way that I'm not used to in in my Disney movies. Well, and I think for kids, it's a little bit over their heads. Get it? Uh, over their heads. <laughs> that was good. I mean, no, but, yeah, not. I mean, good. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on it. I'm just going to leave it hanging. Oh, oh. That's it. <laughs> well, I think that's the the Master Gracie story it, it, from what I understand that um, a lot of the story is is uh, similar well parts of the story are are similar to the Paris Disneyland haunted mansion or it's their um, it is Phantom Manor there so the whole master Gracie story is a little bit more prevalent there and that he um, you know he didn't get to marry who he wanted so but anyway Got to got to appease got to appease the French apparently. Yeah. Okay. Wee <laughs> so. wee. All right, uh, Brett. How about you? Are there any any scenes or moments that you um, that that stood out we haven't talked about yet? Well, they didn't really. Um, I'm not really much of a horror uh, film fan. I'm always very happy for November first, and that I'm you know <laughs> so on to other holidays that are you know, um, happier, but so, so I must, I must confess that when I watched it again, um, when it, when it got time for the crypt and the key and getting all of that, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that Rick Baker did, you know, phenomenal, uh, skeleton sort of things. And, and again, like in the, well, oh yeah, I forgot to confess, talk about guilty pleasures. I own the, I watched the movie the first time. I purchased the DVD when it became available. I bought the book that goes that accompanies this that tells it's kind of behind the scenes of more about the park, but it does go into the movie because there was that wonderful tie-in anyway. So, um, so you know, you find out about um, Rick Baker and you know, legendary Hollywood uh, makeup and monster person. Anyway, that he was trying to at least in the initial design, he was trying to pay a little bit more homage to the film, but the director and I guess the producers and such wanted him to take a more ghoulish, well, there's a ghoulish delight, you know, uh, joke there. I can't think of it right now, but anyway. Uh, so, so that part, you know, when they get to the crypt and they get to the, all of that sort of stuff, I fast forward. <laughs> so that's just not my gig, but uh, yeah. So, so that's something that I didn't enjoy, so I fast forwarded through. So we get to the, you know, the ballroom scene at the end, which we have discussed. <clears throat> yes. Right. Well, and and that that touches on what both of you touch on what I do think is maybe the best thing about the movie, and that is the production design. Like I think the one thing you could say, but like the movie looks good. Um yeah, the mansion it's I they agree. do they do a good job on the mansion, the special effects for especially for two thousand and three, I think are good. Uh that part, like you can tell they they that the the effort there seemed to have paid off that that work the the mansion itself um really paid off they just didn't do a whole lot with it but they had it but so but yeah all of those were good uh craig are there any scenes or moments that we haven't covered yet you want to make sure we we talk about you know that moment that uh billy campbell and alan arkin when they first find the rocket it it really is just (laughs) such a it's such a great moment. Oh, I'm um, sorry, I, I in, don't know. 
in Disney what lore. Uh, what is our guilty pleasure this time around? Timothy Dalton is such a great Neville Sinclair. No, uh, yeah. I, I want to spend my time not talking about scenes from Turkey the Haunted Lake. Mansion, but to instead uh, recommend some books uh, to our listeners, one of which is going to be a comic book. So Marvel put out a couple of um, years ago, they put out a comic book, uh, The Haunted Mansion, and it has a really cool storyline that goes along with it. And it does a really good job of bringing up and bringing out all those 99 uh, happy haunts and talking some of their story. And then also there's a, a new series of books that is called Tales from the Haunted Mansion. And it's on volume four right now. And I believe they're doing five volumes total. Uh, and it talks more in detail. It's like a YA book. You can pick it up and probably read it in an afternoon. Um, but it uh, right, talks Vanessa. about <laughs> the hitchhiking Sorry. ghost. Hey. It talks about the fearsome foursome. I mean, it talks about a bunch of these different um pieces of haunted mansion lore and i would say spend a few moments spend an hour and a half read through the graphic novel you are going to be uh considerably more happy about your decision than if you would have watched this movie all right okay <laughs> yeah wow. the only, the, yeah the, the only, well <laughs> disney gets more money so that's okay go ahead yeah. no the only thing that i'll i'll point out is um I did feel bad for Marsha Thomason in this movie because I think she is not given a lot to do. Like they're saddling her with an American accent, which she's like, I think she's so focused on that accent that she kind of, uh, her character comes off, I think is kind of bland, but I think it's written that way anyway. Like she is like for more, you know, in, she's more or less a prop in this movie and I feel bad, you know, and so it's, it's, and she's a talented actress and uh, she's done a lot of good TV work. So I just uh, thought that she's uh, a nice presence that, that that's wasted uh, because they just kind of say, Oh, we just need, uh, we need someone to play Eddie's wife and not really, you know, upstage him or do anything. But sad. yeah, I would agree yeah, with sad. that. She's her delivery sometimes seemed a little, I don't know, I don't know if flat's the right word, but um, almost a little robotic. Um, and, and it could just be because, you know, she's from England and uh, that's not how she normally speaks. But um, yeah. Or it could that, be that the of, script of the, is really, really bad. Anyway. No, <laughs> no, Meryl would have made it great. Meryl could have done it. <laughs> yes. But, oh, you know. I, so, so we've 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 reimagined Meryl Past too. Yeah, I was going to say kidding. a haunted mansion starring Eddie Murphy, Meryl Streep, and Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> and Sir Anthony the Hopkins. age probably would have been closer in, in age, right? And Harold Remus. Yeah, and, and Harold Remus. Yeah. Recast. Yeah. Right. Okay. So let's take this to our guilt meter. On a scale of one to five shame spirals, uh, one being you love this movie, uh, this will be on at your Halloween party next week, uh, all the way to five, meaning you either uh, hate this movie or if you like this movie, there's no one else you could recommend it to and you'll just uh, watch it uh, by yourself as you ignore trick-or-treaters. What uh, does the Haunted Mansion rank for you on the guilt meter? Uh, Let's start with Brett. Uh, I'm going to say a three, you know, the first time around didn't love it so much this time around. Um, 
the years have been kind to this movie in my estimation. And now that it's just it's just a Halloween fun uh, romp for Disney Haunted Mansion fans. How about that? All right. Fair enough. Vanessa, how about you? I will give it a four. Um, mostly because people tend to ask us about uh, our preferences with Disney. And if I'm going to suggest a Disney property that is a Halloween movie, it's going to be Hocus Pocus. So that that's where my suggestion would go. So I'll give it a solid four. All right. And Craig, how about you? So here's the deal. I don't ever intend to see this movie again. I don't think that I'll, <laughs> uh, if I could give it uh, 900. But you're going to see everything on Disney Plus. Sorry. No, I'm not. Not this. Uh, if I could give it 999 unhappy shame spirals, <laughs> I would. But I'll give it a five. And then I'll throw out one more recommendation because Vanessa, of course, hit the biggie with, uh, with the HP, the hocus pocus, the real true HP. I move over Harry Potter. Um, but I also Ooh. have to recommend a Halloween ride based on a Disney attraction or a Halloween movie based on a Disney attraction. Wonderful, wonderful flick that is campy. It's not all that well written, but I love it. And I watch it every single Halloween. And that's Tower of Terror starring Steve Gutenberg and Kirsten Aww. Dunst. Uh, I, it, it brings, you know, it brings a little bit more story to uh, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, and uh, it lets me kind of see it a little bit in a different light. It was filmed on location. They used the actual Tower of Terror as part of the set. Uh, it's just a really well-done movie, but uh, going back to Haunted Mansion, it's a five for me, Lou. Okay. Well, I'm not going to go five because uh, like five is rare territory. Where That's like Norbit territory for me, uh, which was another Eddie Murphy movie. But so it's not that um, bad to me. And there's some things about it that I thought were interesting. But yeah, I'm probably going to I'm probably going to go like a, a three and a half, maybe a, maybe even a four, because um, it, it's it's disappointing because there are very few family friendly Halloween movies. Um, and so I, you know, you hear about Hocus Pocus. There's a reason you don't hear about the haunted mansion. Um, it's not, it's just not that good. And it's not that campy to be a guilty pleasure, um, to, you know, be able to sit and laugh. And it's a, it's, it's a bit of a slog, at least the first half of it is. So, um, there's some fun bonker stuff towards the end, but uh, other than that, I don't think you need to go out of your way to see this. There's going to be what, like hundreds of other movies you can see on Disney plus. Um, and if you're getting around a haunted mansion, maybe, uh, you've, you've exhausted your subscription at that point. But, uh, so yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna wrap us up for, uh, the haunted mansion. I want to thank you all for coming on. Uh, if you are hearing this on the beyond the mouse feed, and this is the first time you've heard guilty pleasures, uh, we've been doing guilty pleasures for, uh, Oh, about two years now. So we've got a nice little back catalog of movies, uh, Disney, non Disney, um, you know, way all over across the board that uh movies that we have have a lot of fun with so uh, i encourage you to go check out the guilty pleasures feed and we do uh over on the guilty pleasures feed while you, if you subscribe to us on itunes if you rate and review us and in the review you request a movie we'll do it we do a lot of listener requests we want this to be interactive so we're excited and in fact my next uh guilty pleasure that i'm doing for uh 
monster cast for the month of October is actually a listener request. We're going to be covering Stephen King's Silver Bullet, uh, a movie that I had not seen. I just watched it, and it may be the best movie ever made. Uh, it's got everything. That sounds like a promo. <laughs> it has, no, it's got werewolves. It's got motorized wheelchairs. It's got Gary Busey, who's not even like in the top five of over the top performances. It is, uh, bonkers. I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, if you want to check that out, please subscribe to the Guilty Pleasures feed. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, and join us in, in all that fun stuff. Uh, but we've got all sorts of stuff going on at the front row now network uh for the rest of october and then holiday movie seasons coming around and i know we've got uh you know award season movies coming up all sorts of fun stuff but we have something really big coming up uh that craig is going to tell us about craig what's what's going on absolutely we're bringing you down to springfield lewis you're coming you're you're going to come down here and we're going to show you a good time uh at the 500th episode of the front row network uh, someone um, the powers that be that control Apple Podcasts, whatever the overloads lords are, um, they have allowed us to babble online for nearly a thousand hours. Uh, if you kind of look at our whole feed all together, um, so our voices are out there for eternity, guys. Uh, and hey. <laughs> we are we are celebrating our 500th episode as a network. Uh, we are going to do that on November 8th. It's on a Friday night at Anvil and Forge Brewing, which is in Springfield, Illinois. Uh, they it will start at eight o'clock. It's there's no cover. It's a free event. Come on in. Uh, we're going to do a bit of a retrospective show. And then uh, Lou has actually come up with a wonderful bracket that we're going to be discussing. Uh, and it's going to be the we're going to name the best film of this decade since we are closing it out. But Lou, you have noticed yourself that you couldn't put a, a prominent uh, feline movie in this bracket because it hadn't come out yet. No, I I could have I really wanted to put the Cats trailer in because I think the Cats trailer is the greatest movie of the decade. So the movie itself I can't even imagine. But technically no, uh it hasn't been released yet so we can't include it. Um but you know, it, it you know, so so taking that caveat aside, we still were able to scrounge up 64 uh very uh you know, slightly less worthy than Cats but still very uh fine films that we're gonna debate and discuss and you're gonna get to vote on if you come to the live show uh we're yeah. gonna uh, the panel is gonna discuss it uh right now and by the way so the opening round of voting is going on right now on our facebook page so the round of 64 uh the first 32 matchups are are, are posted two matchups a day you can go to facebook and you can even by the way there's no time stamp on these you can go back and find all of our posts and vote now uh voting's live up until uh the night of the show so and then that's going to get us down to 32 and then at the and then at the live show we're going to debate as a panel and then you the live audience are going to get to vote and crown the greatest movie of the decade that's not cats um and that's fine you know <laughs> that'll that'll be fine we are contractually obligated to make that joke at least five more times but no we're looking forward to it so november 8th starting at eight o'clock Anvil and Forge. It's free. Come on out if you're in the Springfield area um, and meet us all and talk to us and uh, let's have a good night. So 500 episodes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm very, I'm very excited. I'll be, yeah, I'll be there. And I know a lot of our uh, Quad City crew is going to come down uh, for that as well. And so uh, in addition to that, um, what do you have uh, coming up next on uh, Beyond the Mouse? Well, a couple of our uh, co-hosts uh, saw a brand new Maleficent movie, so uh, we'll be talking about that pretty soon. Uh, also, a couple of our co-hosts, uh, you can see I'm the one that does nothing on this podcast. Um, they have taken trips to the land and to the world uh, recently, so they're going to be talking a bit about their solo travels and adventures and doing some trip reporting. Um, and then we'll see kind of where we go from there. We will have a special episode, uh, coming out on November 12th and it'll be the things that we are going to watch first on Disney plus. And for Brett, I've already penciled in a goofy movie and the rocketeer as first and second. So, uh, he doesn't need to be participating on that podcast because he's got two things to watch. On oh no, that would be a cruise podcast that I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm forbidden from contributing to <clears throat> that's right editing that's yes right. and having my feelings hurt yes but not being able to contribute oh this has been a therapy session <laughs> it has been it has been that's typically how this works on guilty pleasures we work out a lot of issues <laughs> through uh through some of the lower moments in film history but uh, anyway, I, I excited about all of that stuff. You can learn about everything that we're doing by uh, staying up to date on all of your uh, front row network uh, social media posts. You can go to us and follow us on Facebook where that bracket voting is going on. You can follow us on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z. I know Beyond the Mouse has their own uh, separate Facebook page, so, so I encourage you to go there. Our website, frnpod.com, and of course, uh, you can see our uh, main feed at mprillinois.org and see all the cool stuff that we're doing. Uh, I know we're probably going to have some end-of-decade articles coming up on the website really soon, so look out, be on the lookout for that. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter, at the fake Lou Hare. Let me know, uh, have you seen The Haunted Mansion? Are you going to see it? What do you give, give me your thoughts on it, your take on, um, you know, mid-2000s Eddie Murphy, which is a very uh, odd time for that man. And so I'm, I'm excited uh, to get to see him uh, doing his return to comedy. And I'm excited for Dolomite is my name. If I got time, maybe I'll do a review of it. Who knows? But uh, that's going to do it for tonight. I want to thank you all again for coming back on. And I want to thank you all for listening. Join us at Anvil and Forge on uh, November 8th and everything else that we're doing. Uh, and join me on the uh, Guilty Pleasures feed for Silver Bullet later this month, which is going to be a fun time. So until next time, for the Front Row Reviews, I'm Lou Hare. I'm Craig McFarland. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Brett. And as always, we'll see you in the Front Row. This episode is a production of the Front Row Network, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio, Illinois. For more information and to see the full slate of Front Row Network shows, you can visit frnpod.com or nprillinois.org.